previously on the straight 45. But the house was locked shut. She began banging on the door and calling out. Hey, Susan, open up. Susan. Matthew, are you in there? Can anybody hear me? Hey! She felt the other girl tug her dress. NJ turned and looked at her. Now she could see the girl's face. The girl didn't look well. Her hair was grey and her face was pale, with mud stains all over her creamy coloured top. The girl looked NJ in the eyes and said, Don't bother. They won't come out. This was the same thing they did to me when I was alive. door creaks open. Mr. Charles, AGK, walks into the girl's room like a gladiator about to battle. Where is Njideka? He asks Kezi, who had instantly sat up like a soldier about to salute her platoon commander. Daddy and mom, she hasn't called me yet. I will call her to find out, Kezi says almost instantly. Pops wasn't phased at all. He stood there as still as an Iroko tree's trunk, looking Kezi straight into the eyes. She frantically picks up her phone and begins to dial NJ. Mr. Charles still didn't flinch. He stood straight up. His stance was perfect. It looked like nothing could push him down. That was probably why he did so well in the army. You see, Mr. Charles was a very decorated army general. Having led his team through four tours around Africa and racking up kills so high in the fight against the Boko Haram insurgents, he was nicknamed Charlie Black Sky. This was because the last thing he says to his team before every battle, after giving his killer speech like Captain America does, was, let's go knock their lights out. Give them black skies. And they always literally knock their lights out every time. Mr. Charles was so strict, all his soldiers fell in line. This strictness reflects heavily in NJ and causes her to thirst for an escape, always. Kezi, on the other hand, has accepted her fate and has built her mental walls and stays in all by herself. Charles, honey! His wife calls. Yes, dear. 
I'll be right down. He yells so softly. His face lit up like a little kid about to get a popsicle. Mrs. Beatrice AGK was the kryptonite to this Mr. Black Skies. Rumor has it that the almighty principled then Captain Charles would break protocol and sneak into the medical quarters in the barracks to be with this Edo princess, BB, who was a nurse back in the day. Their love blossomed over the years. And after the grenade incident in 94 that put Charles in the hospital for four months, BB got her wish and he left the army and settled down as a not-so-civilian civilian. Keep calling her, I'll be back, he says, as he almost danced away to BB. Oh, where are you now, Angie? Eh? Don't carry your own and come and spoil my own, no. Kezi says, as she tries her sister again. This happened to you when you were what? When you were what? NJ says as she vibrated all over. This is it. I'm dead. She talked to herself as she began to step back slowly towards the door and slowly lifting up her hands as if she had a gun pointed at her. Please. Please, I didn't kill you. I didn't even, I don't I don't even know who you I don't know I don't even know who you are, please. She says, now already in tears. Her heart was racing. She takes one more step back and her body hits the door she had been banging on and it so graciously opens. NJ is frozen. She could hear her phone ringing. She felt the door open behind her and felt a gushing wind coming from inside the house. The lights flickered and the other lady just stood there, almost lifeless, but with her eyes stuck on NJ's. The lights flickered heavily this time and as it came back on, the girl was gone. The front porch was empty. NJ thought to herself, this is my chance to get my phone. And she decides to make a run for it. She instantly turns around and makes a break for the toilet where her phone was. Lights began to flicker again, faster this time, with the music coming on and off as well. She makes it, 
there it was, a black strap bag, just sitting there on the slab, beside the sink in front of the mirror. She tears through the zip like a junkie looking for a needle, bent over the handset. Yes! Yes, Kezi, yes! She screams as she slides the answer to take the call. She was sweating profusely and having a hard time taking the call. Don't cut. Don't cut, she says as she wipes her finger and the phone against her dress and tries to take the call again. Bent over and poking her phone again and again, she answers it and could hear Kezi faintly on the other line. With a very big exhale of relief, she holds the phone to her ear and begins to scream, Help, Kezi! Help! I'm in trouble! Help, Kezi! I'm in the straight 45! Come get me, please, Kezi, come get me! As she screamed all of this, she stood up straight, only to see in the mirror in front of her a strange dark figure behind her. And just as she saw it, the light went out. had never beat this hard or this fast. Angie felt that cold gust of wind blow against her from behind again. She was scared to death. It was as if her spirit had left her body. She felt truly powerless. <laughs> Kezi! Please, can you hear me, Kezi? Please. Kezi, please, But then, she felt a really cold touch on her shoulder. opens to music banging in the whole house Susan and the girl stood there by the door laughing at NJ who was face down butt up on the toilet floor passed out silly passed out silly with pee all over the floor she had had a little too much of the spiked party juice to drink and apparently had been in the toilet for over 30 minutes. 
Girl, you messed up. Susan says as she helped her up, cleans her up, and helps her out of the house. The house was packed full still, like a can of sardines. Susan gets an Uber and goes with NJ home. They get to the house. She calls Kezi to come get her at the gate. And before she leaves, she says to NJ, Good luck, babes. <laughs> I'll call you tomorrow. Me, I can't face your pop, so. And then she zooms off back to the party. NJ stands there in front of the gate, waiting for Kezi to come open up. Shaking up and truly relieved the night was over. She waited for a while. Kezi never came. Then she feels it again. That cold gust of wind from behind and the gate opens with it on its own. Oh no, not again, she says. She turns around in an attempt to run away and instantly turns to meet the girl with the cream-colored top again. This time, she could see a crowd of people behind her, but they were all like shadows. And they all said together, Go on your home. Go in. And instantly, their eyes all turned red. All of them crowd shadow people. NJ frantically turns with fear for her life. One she thought she still had. But as she turned, she wasn't home anymore. She was back at the street 45. Then she felt the other girl's hands on her shoulders and her face coming close to the side of hers to whisper in her ear. This is your new home now. feeling the story tell me you guys are feeling the story nah. the phoenix express choo -choo. i hope you, you still have popcorn left you get <laughs> yo so this is the story of njideka she was just really unfortunate honestly because 
Auntie had gone. Uh, I, I don't know how you think the ending is or how what your take on the story. You can't listen to this and not give feedback. Come on, be a true like part of the community or part of the conversation and send your feedback. I would love to hear what you guys think about the story and how it played out for Njideka. Well, it played out. She's now one of the ghost people and all of that. So, <laughs> Yeah, I just hope you enjoyed the episode and honestly, I want to hear reviews, please. So don't be a stranger. Hit us up. Hit me up. Tell me what you thought about the episode the part one and the part two and yeah let's take it from there don't forget on instagram twitter and facebook it's at the talking phoenix i want to hear what you guys have to say about this all right have a nice day catch you guys in the next one peace out